We are starting a brand new sermon series this morning. Whoop, whoop. I'm excited. We are going to be spending several weeks through the rest of this spring and into the summer talking about wisdom. You know what to do? Somebody say wisdom. Wisdom. And we're talking about wisdom for a specific reason. If you've been hanging around in our church for a while, you will know that we've talked a lot in the last while about how God has a life for you. And while I have you in a participating mood, turn to your neighbor, look them in the eye, and say to them, God has a life for you. Very good. Very good. He does. And what we've discussed is that the essence of this life that God has for you is not, oh, he'll make all your troubles go away, he'll make you rich, he'll make you live a long time, none of that stuff. The essence of the life that God desires for you, the center of it, the meat, the core of it, is a relationship with him. That's what it all comes down to, that, that no matter what happens in your life, around you, to you, through you, it all happens from that context of, yeah, I'm walking with Jesus and he's with me. And I'm drawing my strength from Jesus. And I'm discerning my identity from Jesus. And I'm centering myself on him. That is the life. And wisdom is something that helps us live that life better. It's not divorced from the life that God has for us at all. It's right there. Wisdom helps us get the most out of that which God wants to give to us. And through this series, we're going to largely be looking at the book of Proverbs. Not exclusively, we'll jump around because that's fun to do. Largely in Proverbs though. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the book of Proverbs, it's a book of the Bible, it's in the Old Testament. It was written about 3,000 years ago. So it is not a new book, it's an old book. It's been around for a while. But you know what? Even though it's super old, it's still as timely today as it's ever been. And I'll tell you why. For one, the Word of God is living and active, and it does stuff. That's just always a given. The guy that wrote the book of Proverbs, or most of it, was a guy named Solomon, who wrote this book under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But Solomon is widely described as the wisest man who ever lived next to Jesus. So I don't know. If we're going to get the perspective from the wisest person that ever lived, I would think that's something we ought to pay attention to, right? Some of you guys are wise. Solomon was wiser than you are. So let's listen to God through him. The third thing is this. Even though this book was written long ago and there's been lots of change, the technology's changed, the society has changed, the global warming has changed, whatever, God hadn't changed. And you know what? By and large, people are pretty much still the same too. So this book is as timely today as it was the day that the ink went onto the page before it was even dry. So I'm excited for that. And what we're going to do over the coming weeks, we're going to look at several areas of life as it pertains to what God says about wisdom in those areas. What does God say about what it is to be wise in my finances? What it is to be wise in my relationships? What it is to be wise in the words that I say? What it is to be wise in my sexuality? I'm not going to tell you what week we're talking about that so you'll all still come, right? And once you're here, we'll close the door behind you so you can't leave, right? Anyway, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. But today what we're going to do, we're going to set the scene. We're going to set this puppy up. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask ourselves a series of questions today, and we're going to answer those questions. Does that sound agreeable to you all? We're doing it anyway. The first question is this. 
What is wisdom? Seems like a good place to start, right? If we're going to be talking about wisdom for several weeks, we might as well know what it is. And I have on the screen right now sort of a working definition of wisdom. It seems lengthy, but track with me on this. Wisdom is knowing what to do, knowing how to get it done, knowing when to do it, knowing with whom to do it, and importantly, following through and getting it done. So why don't you just say this with me for fun? Let's say it out loud. Wisdom is knowing what to do, knowing how to get it done, knowing when to do it, knowing with whom to do it, and following through and getting it done. Here's a couple of things right off the hop about wisdom that you need to know. Number one is this. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. A lot of times we blur the lines between the two, and they do kind of connect and intersect, but they're not exactly the same thing. Let me put it this way. You can know things, you could possess knowledge in your brain, but still be foolish. Not that any of you would do that, but it's theoretically possible to do that. Now, I'm not knocking at all the acquisition of knowledge. Knowledge is very relevant. It's something that we need in our lives. In fact, it says in Proverbs 18, 15, an intelligent heart inquires knowledge. So if you were really smart, you'd be looking to learn more stuff, is what the Bible says. But, but wisdom is not just knowledge. It's knowledge that you follow through on. It leads to action, and it results in betterment for you and others around you. I'll give you an example, just a silly example. How many of you ever shop at On the Vine right over here? It's a great little store, and it's right there. So sometimes after work, I'll go over there, and they got things on sale. Pretty good. Now, I have the knowledge in my brain that at On the Vine, they don't give you, remember the days when stores would give you plastic shopping bags? Throwback, remember that? Everybody knows On the Vine does not give you plastic shopping bags. I know that. And also, they don't have a cart corral out in the parking lot, so they don't, they don't let you take your cart full of groceries outside either. Everybody knows that you need to bring your own bags to On the Vine. Okay, I know that. It's right here somewhere. But you have seen my type if you've been to On the Vine. It's the person who goes in with no bags. And I get in there and I say, well, I only need to buy a couple things anyway, no problem. And then you realize stuff is on a wicked good sale and you're allowed to buy six of them. So now you're doing this and you walk up to the cash register and the line is really long and your arms are cramped and then you get to the checkout and you just dump everything like this. I'm ministering to somebody right now. Probably me. So you dump it all out like this, and the cashier is judging you like this, which is rightfully so. You deserve it. And they ring it all through, and you pay for it. Well, now you got to pick it up again. Easier said than done. You finally wrestle it like this, and out you go. Luckily, they have an automatic door, or they did anyway, so the door will open for you. But now you got to get your car keys out. The broccoli is now on the floor, on the parking lot, it's the, the, the head of lettuce has rolled away <laughs> and you stuff it in the car. And I say to myself every time, Braden, just remember the bags. It would go better for you if you remembered the bags. It'd be better for everybody if you remembered the bags. Put them in the car. See, it's right here. But if I don't act on it, it's not wise. Do you see my point? 
Just because I know that you need bags at On the Vine doesn't mean I bring my bags to On the Vine. So wisdom and knowledge are not exactly the same thing. Let me say it this way. God does care about what you know, okay? God wants you, for instance, to know the word. He wants you to know stuff. But I think God cares more about what you do with what you know than just what you know, right? So we need the follow through. Another thing is this. Wisdom is not just a state of mind, It's not like, well, I feel really smart today and I will sit on the ground like this with my legs crossed like a smart person and I read a book this week, so I must be wise. You guys look really funny from here. (laughs) I love you. Wisdom is not just a metaphor or, oh, I feel wise or I'll try to somehow look the part. No, wisdom has a track record. Wisdom can be seen. Jesus even said in Luke 35, Luke 7, 35, that is, he said, wisdom is justified by your children. In other words, wisdom is known by its fruit. You want to know if you or someone else is wise? You look at the track record of the consequences of the decisions that they've made. You look at the people that are close to them and around them. How are they doing? And that gives you a clue if they're wise or not. You don't just take their word for it. You see the fruit in their life and in your life. Now, We're not just looking for any old wisdom, by the way, because different people might have different opinions on what wisdom looks like and what wisdom is. What we are looking for as Christians is godly wisdom. Somebody say godly wisdom. What we're looking to do is do that right there in accord with the will of God and the word of God and the character of God. We're looking to do this in relationship with God so we can get close to God, so we can honor God. Does that make sense? It makes sense to one person. Does it make sense to anybody else? Okay, all right. Because, because true wisdom, true wisdom comes from God to start with. It says in Proverbs 2.6, I'm gonna read it for you. Proverbs 2.6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom. Who gives wisdom? The Lord gives it. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I'm going to flip over to Proverbs 8 now. This will be on the screen as well. Proverbs 8, verse 22 to 31. It says this. This is like wisdom is speaking here, like wisdom is personified. Wisdom is talking. It says this. The Lord possessed me, wisdom, at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old, Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I, wisdom, was brought forth. Before he, God, had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the foundations of the deep, when he assigned the the sea to its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth then I wisdom was beside him like a master workman and I was daily his delight rejoicing before him always rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man wisdom comes from God wisdom's been around longer than any of us have been around Jesus even said at one part Uh, Matthew chapter 7, he says, if anyone hears these words of mine, the words of God, and puts them into practice, he is like a wise man. See the connection there? Jesus' words, wise man. Wisdom comes from God. And since God is the source of true wisdom, guess what? That means it can't be found apart from him. 
And ultimately, wisdom exists to bring us closer to God anyway. It's not some silo unto itself. Remember, I said it's right there, centrally important to the life that God has for you, which is all about being close to him. It says in Ephesians 1.17 that the spirit of wisdom, what the spirit of wisdom serves to do is give us revelation in the knowledge of God. You see that? Wisdom tries to get us to see and acknowledge and center on the Lord. It's all about him. The whole point is to, for you to make the, the most of your life, which is about being close to God. And the world wants wisdom. They want to know what to do in any given situation. They want to know how to do it. They want to know when to do it. They want to know with whom to do it. They want to follow through and get it done. But the problem is, if you try to do that, but you leave God out of the equation... That's not truly wisdom. That's some copy. That's some shadow. That's some fake of wisdom. And it even says in Psalm 14, chapter one, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. You you could take that any number of different directions. All of them are insulting, which is hilarious. But it says, the fool says in his heart, So right away, if in your heart you just deny the existence of God to begin with, the Bible calls you out on that. And it's funny, God doesn't say, oh, that line of thought is foolish. No, he says, you're a fool. I laugh. Marius preached the last two weeks. He gave me license to offend you. Remember, he said, I'm going to offend you. So I've just carried it on to this week. Fool, the Bible says. But, but think of it this way too. If you're going through your life and you don't involve God in any of your decisions, in any of your works, in anything that goes on, any thoughts in your mind, any time of the day, what you're doing, maybe not expressly, but what you're saying is, oh, well, God isn't really relevant to this. I don't really need God. You're kind of acting like there's no God. Again, that's foolish. That's not wisdom at all. So it's no wonder that how wise the world thinks we are all our, our technology and our advancements and our progressivism and wow, we're really modern as a society. We must be super wise. Have you ever looked around the world lately to see how terrible things are going? We're not that wise. The world in all its wisdom does not know God and therefore is not wise. True wisdom only comes from God. Now, before you pat yourself on the back because you say, well, I'm a believer. I'm not of that foolish group that Braden just insulted somebody. I'll just say this to you. It's possible for you to be a believer and also not be wise. So don't just rest on your laurels. Remember, it, it requires bringing the Lord into all your decisions. It requires you centering yourself on the Lord. It's totally possible for us as Christians to know what we're supposed to do, but not do it. That's foolish. Okay, so we need to check ourselves. We need to measure ourselves against the word of God, not just assume that we're wise because we know Jesus. Yeah, you got the salvation part, right? But maybe you didn't really progress on much past that, right? Let that minister to somebody. Don't anybody throw anything at me now, okay? While my back is to you, while I'm getting a drink. All right, so that's what wisdom is. I think I've offended most of you by now, so that's a good time to move on. Next question is this. Why should I care about godly wisdom? Why should I care? You know what? That's a pretty fair question. I don't mind that question at all. Okay, Braden, you're telling me what it is, but why should I give one single rip about it? How's that going to impact me? How's that going to better my life? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
I'll tell you two ways, two reasons why you should care about godly wisdom. Number one is this. Godly wisdom, when you live by a godly wisdom in your life, it brings a profit. Somebody say profit. We're talking profit like you gain from it. It's good for you. It's a blessing for you. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 3 if you've got your Bible on you. Proverbs 3, I just called it Proverbs. That will not be the last time. Proverbs 3.13 through 18. It says this, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She, wisdom, is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called, what? Blessed. By the way, total sidebar. I don't know how we ever got on to blessed. It clearly just says blessed, but we say blessed as Christians. It's funny. That's another thing for another day. That's just my small brain at work. But anyway, blessed, you're blessed, whatever. You see the language in there, right? Okay, verse 14, it says that there's gain in wisdom. Black and white, you will gain when you're wise. Verse 16 says that riches and honor and long life come with wisdom. Now, I'll just burst your bubble for a second. That does not mean automatically, if you're wise, you'll live to be 156 and you'll be a multi-billionaire and everyone will you know, worship the ground you walk on. That's not what it means, okay? What it means, though, you can see the connection there is with wisdom, there are good things. It will help your life. Very clearly says that. Verse 17 says, with wisdom, there is pleasantness and peace. Raise your hand if you want pleasantness and peace in your life. Obviously, you do. Verse 18, it says, wisdom is like a tree of life. It will sustain you. It will enrich you. It will nourish you. We need that. Verse, uh, Proverbs 19, 23 says this, the fear of the Lord, we'll talk about that later, leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. Another show of hands. How many of you want to rest satisfied? Yep, just saying. Proverbs 20, verse five says this, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water. In other words, God has given you in your heart of hearts dreams and gifts and desires and passions and interests and things that you wanna lay your hands to and chase after. And this is saying, well, a person who is wise, look what it says. It says, a man of understanding will draw those things out. Wisdom will help you mine the depths of what God has put in your heart, which is awesome. Living according to godly wisdom, in other words, is gonna bless you and it's gonna bless other people around you. That's why you should care about it. It brings a profit. The second reason you should care about godly wisdom is this. Godly wisdom offers protection. Somebody say protection. You guys know that there are lots of things in the world that can hurt us, right? In fact, basically anything can hurt you if you use it the wrong way. My mind, for no reason whatsoever, reflected back to a time we were in church in the heights of COVID, and I reached into a jar of hand sanitizer wipes, and I like, cut my hand on it. My hand got stuck in the jar, and I cut like four fingers. Anything can hurt you. You're welcome for that. That was a freebie. That doesn't mean anything. That was just a freebie. Stuff can hurt you if you use it the wrong way. Now, flip over to Proverbs 2. We're flipping around. 
Proverbs 2, verse 11 through 22 reads like this. It says, if you're wise, if you chase after wisdom, then discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Then it says, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths go to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So a lot of things happening in there. Godly wisdom offers you protection from doing stupid things. How many of you know it's easy to do stupid things every so often? Well, godly wisdom will protect you from that. It says in verse 11 that we just read, if you're wise, then discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you. In other words, when you get into a situation where something stupid can be done at your next move, something will mysteriously fire in your brain and go, oh, this probably isn't a good idea. Maybe I'll sidestep that one. I think we all probably could have afforded to do that a time or two in our lives if we're being honest, right? That's what wisdom helps us do. Wisdom also helps us from harmful people. It protects us from harmful people. We read it uh, in verse 12 there. There are people who are given to the way of evil, men of perverted speech. They walk in the ways of darkness. They rejoice in doing evil. Their paths are crooked. They're devious in all their ways. Let me just say this. We're gonna talk more about this next week. That should be fun, but... Let me say it this way. Sometimes we think, oh, well, most people are good. That's actually not true, by the way. Theologically, we could just poke holes in that one all day long. Nobody's good except for God alone. But let's even just say this. Let's say most people aren't out to get you. Most people, when they see you on the street, their first instinct isn't to punch you in the face and rob you and take all your money. But, but listen, there are people that are wicked in the world. And I'm not saying that to insult anybody. I'm just saying, just because you think you're a nice person, that doesn't mean everyone else is a nice person. And wisdom helps protect us from those people. Yes, God still loves those people. We should love those people. We'll talk more about this next week. Like I say, that'll be fun. But you know how it is. When you hang around with the wrong crowd, it corrupts you. Bad company can corrupt you. And wisdom will help you in a couple of ways. You'll say, oh, you know what? I don't know if it's very smart for me to be hanging around with that group of people. God loves them, bless them, but I'm not gonna like spend a whole bunch of time with them because I find that I get myself into trouble when I'm with them. Or maybe you are with them and they start doing something dumb. Wisdom can help you go, oh, well, I'm out. I'm out of here. It protects you. Funny, the mood kind of got heavy in the room when I said that one. I'm interested to explore that more next week. We'll see what the Lord has for that anyway. Mental note. Uh, another thing, godly wisdom offers you protection from sexual immorality. You read all in that text there about the forbidden woman, the adulteress. Sexual immorality is one of the easiest traps to fall into. It's one of Satan's oldest games. We'll talk about this later too. It's like, it's so easy for us to get lured in. And when, when that gets its hooks into you, it's so hard to get free from that. But wisdom will help you go, oh, wow. You know what? 
yeah, it'd be really easy for me to just lapse into that area. But you know what? I'm going to just leave that behind. I'm going to walk away from that. Wisdom helps you. It protects you. Another thing wisdom protects you, uh, it's protection of your integrity. Somebody say integrity. integrity. Integrity is being the same person all the time and not changing based on who you're around, right? When I'm with this people, you know, I talk this way, but when I'm with this group of people, I talk different, right? That's where the swear words come out and stuff like that. Integrity is doing the right thing no matter how hard it is or no matter who's watching. Wisdom helps you maintain your integrity no matter how difficult the situation is that you're in. Guess what? God wants you to be a person of integrity. You need wisdom to do it. Just saying. Let me say all of this a different way. Wise people have a certain kind of protection over them. They have a certain kind of savvy that they just mysteriously seem to get through life without hitting as many potholes as other people. Now, let's just be clear. Everybody's going to hit the potholes. None of us drive on a smooth road with no pain and no problems. But I don't mean this wrong. You guys probably know people, maybe you are this person, who they're in a pothole or they're off in the ditch every other minute. You know what I'm saying? Wise people have the savvy to be able to avoid those ditches and those potholes a little bit better. Yes, they still have their troubles, but they can rise above those troubles a little differently. Wise people are usually not the ones who are caught up in drama and conflict all the time. Wise people are not usually the ones that are broke and bankrupt. Are they always rich? No, but still, wise people are not usually the ones who get lured off into an affair. Wise people are not usually the ones that are always in a crisis that they've brought onto themselves by their poor choices. Wisdom protects you. Is this making sense? Okay, that's why you should care about it. I can't force you to care about it, but I'd like to think those are two pretty good reasons. It's gonna profit you and it's gonna protect you. I'm in on that. I'm just saying, I'm in on that. Now, the next question. This one is the final question. It's the most important question. Okay, we've talked about what is wisdom. We've talked about uh, why should I care about it? Here's the third question. How do I get it? How do I get godly wisdom? I got five ways and then I'm out. The first one is this, hugely important. The first thing you gotta do, if you want godly wisdom in your life, you gotta fear God. Somebody say fear God. Fear God. Proverbs 9.10, one of the most famous Proverbs in the whole book, for good reason, says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is the word of God. I'm gonna read this again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom of wisdom. You know what that doesn't say? The beginning of wisdom is your feelings. The beginning of wisdom is your experience. It's your opinion. It's your truth. No, no. I don't even care if you're a Christian. No. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now that phrase fear of the Lord, let's pause on that a sec. That does not mean fearing, being afraid of God. Like he's the cosmic bully with the big work steel toe boots on and he's just watching for you to mess up and as soon as you do, the boot comes down on your head and there you go. So you're wearing a hard hat and you're doing this, making sure nothing's coming down at you, worried he's gonna smite you or something. I don't know what that is, but that's not the fear of the Lord. That's not what this is talking about. The fear of the Lord is when you start to understand who he is, when you start to get a revelation of who God is, you respond accordingly. You respond 
in reverence. You respond in respect. You respond in the, wow, he is God and I am not. By the way, something that happens to you, when this starts to happen in your life, if you're a Christian, you've had this experience. When you start to get a revelation of who God is, one thing that you find right away is, wow, I am not worthy to be in his presence. That's what happened in the book of Isaiah. You remember Isaiah chapter six? He has this vision of the throne room in heaven. Angels, hundreds and millions of angels. And and God is there and the train of his robe fills the temple. One of the first things Isaiah realizes is, oh no, I am an unclean man. People of unclean lips. I'm toast. That's what happens. When you and I start to realize who God is at first, inevitably you realize, wow, I've sinned against him. I've broken his laws. I've violated his character. I have not been faithful to him. I have not acknowledged him. I've treated him with contempt. God is holy. God is perfect. I am neither of those things. And yes, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Sin separates us from God. Where, where God is, sin cannot be. So we can't just waltz into God's presence. Oh, hey, I just learned about you, Lord. Let's hang out. No, you have sin in your life. You're unrighteous. Your sins are like scarlet. But here's the good news. God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. God wants to be close to you. God wants to save you from your sins. Even though the wage of your sin is death, you're supposed to pay for it with your life. God paid for it for you. Jesus died on the cross, giving his life in your place for your sin showing you love, showing you grace, even though you didn't deserve it. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The more you start to understand who God is and you see what he's done for you, how much he loves you, how he's made a way for you to be saved, how he's made a way for you to come into relationship with him, that's where wisdom begins. When when you realize what Jesus has done for you and you respond accordingly and you say, yes, I'm a sinner, but Jesus is my savior and I'm gonna repent of my sin, turn from my old ways, my old life. I'm gonna walk with him. I'm gonna put my confidence in him because he didn't just die, by the way. He rose. He's alive now. He's not some being that was. He's the God who is and always will be. And when you say, I'm gonna hitch my wagon to Jesus and I'm gonna surrender my life to him, that is the fear of the Lord That's the beginning of wisdom, friend. That's where it starts. So if you're not a Christian, I'll say again, you will never have wisdom apart from God. Much worse than that, you will never have salvation or life apart from God. But in Jesus Christ, you can be saved. And that's where the fear of the Lord begins. And that's where the wisdom begins. And then as we do get saved, most of us in the room are Christians. We've been there. We've had that. It's as we continue to walk in the fear of the Lord. In your life saying, okay, yes, here I am. I'm a Christian. I've been saved by Jesus Christ and now I'm going to walk with him. Now I'm going to humble myself before him. I'm going to not just remember back at my salvation that he's my God and my savior. I'm going to bring that with me every moment of every day. I'm going to do my very best to get close to him, to be filled with the spirit, to walk with him in a way that's pleasing to him. He is God. I am not. That is the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, okay, that's good. Thank you, Lord. Yes, that's good. Wisdom, what I'm saying, begins 
always, always, always begins. Every new day, wisdom begins with that part of humbling ourselves before the Lord. If you ever want to remember what the fear of the Lord is, it's this. He is God, I am not. That's all you need to remember. And you walk in that truth. I'll just point out again, it says that's the beginning of wisdom. What that doesn't mean is you just need the fear of the Lord to get you started at the beginning. That word beginning means it's the root. It's the source. It's the origin. You need to begin every day. You need to begin every moment in that posture before the Lord. We never, ever have to let go of the fear of the Lord. We can never afford to do that. We good on that one? Okay, the next bunch of points are from a different scripture. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7. It reads like this, another famous one. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. No. And trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, how many of your ways? All your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, there it is again, and turn away from evil. Point number two of how you get wisdom is this. You gotta actively trust God over yourself. Verse five on the screen there says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I love that the second part is in there. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't answer this out loud question for reflection in your life right now where do you turn when you're unsure about something in your life who do you look to what do you look to where do you turn when your life is chaotic where do you look when you're stressed out when you're panicking you're freaking out you're anxious you're a hot mess where do you turn Maybe you're doing okay, great. Where do you take your cues from when the wind is in your sails and things are going well? The tendency in our flesh and certainly the value in the world is, oh, well, just look within yourself. Things are not going great. Hey, you've got good in you. You've got the light in you. Just live your truth. Look within. Some people say you have a spark of the divine in you. That's hoo-ha. That's a whole other, that's another thing for another day. We won't go there. The Bible literally says, actually, if you want to be wise, do the opposite of that instinct. When you start to look in like this, and I'll figure this out. No, 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 no. The Bible says that's, that's literally 180 degrees from what I want you to do. You're, you're, you're doing this, and I want you to do this, right? If you want wisdom, I already said this, and I'll say it again. If you want wisdom, godly wisdom in your life, it literally comes from not relying on your own truth, your own experience, your own feelings, your own opinion. It literally is the opposite of that. You've got to attach that to God who is external from that. The moment that you start putting yourself and, and your feelings and all that above God is the moment that godly wisdom is going to escape your grasp. You might come up with some copy or some shadow of wisdom, but you're not going to have God's wisdom if that's what you do. Not happening for you. Because eh. here's the thing, you don't know it all. Some of you are very smart people. You don't know it all. Even if you do know it all, none of us do it all. You know what I'm saying? You do not have a monopoly on truth, but God does. You don't have foresight to know what's coming down the road in your life, but God does. 
You, you don't have the strength to get yourself through every situation, but God does. You've got to trust in him. You've got to live like he knows best because he does. You've got to live a surrendered life. You've got to live like he's in control because he is. You've got to live like you believe that he's faithful and that he's good and that he's truthful and he's loving and he's kind because he is. Moment by moment, actively trust God over yourself. That instinct is gonna be there to put your own shoes on and I'm gonna do it. No, 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 no. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. You guys got me on that one. Let's move on to the third one. You want wisdom, godly wisdom in your life? You gotta involve God in your whole life. Right, we do the sock drawer thing, right? Here's my work life and my home life and my family life, my hobbies, and then the little drawer over here. I got a little bit of a, a God life here, right? I go to church on Sunday. Uh, the Bible is holding up the short leg of the couch, but it's in my house, right? That's not what it is at all. It says in verse six on the screen, in all your ways, acknowledge him. All of your ways. You know what I love about that? God cares about every single part of your life. There is no part of your life that God doesn't have an interest in. There is no part of your life that God doesn't want to be Lord over. Frankly, it's best for us when we allow him to be Lord over every part of our lives. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This means like, oh, okay, Lord, it's not just I went to church on Sunday. It's I want to talk to you today and it's Wednesday morning. Let's hang out. Lord, I have this decision coming up in my life and it doesn't directly pertain to church I want to involve you in it. Lord, what do you want me to do? Things like that. It's having the mentality in your life. He's not just the Lord over my Sunday morning. He's the Lord over everything. He's the Lord over my family. He's the Lord over my career. He's the Lord over my finances. He's the Lord over my sexuality. He's the Lord over my hobbies. He's the Lord over my dreams and my goals in life. Now we're getting serious, right? But that's who Jesus is. Let's quit playing around. That's who Jesus is. He is the Lord. He is your master. Quit doing the sock drawer. Doesn't work. That's not how you get wisdom. The fourth thing you gotta do if you wanna get wisdom in your life, you gotta repent of your sin. Somebody say repent. Repent, repent means I'm going this way, but I'm turning around and I'm going toward Jesus and I'm doing something else. I'm doing his thing now. It says in verse seven of our text, turn away from evil. You want wisdom? You gotta turn away. Again, right? If you know the right thing to do in your mind, if you know there's sin in your life and you ought not to be doing it, but you keep going like this and you don't repent, well, that means you're not following through. That means you're not wise. It's very simple, very black and white. But as you turn away from evil, right? I know this is not God's will for me, so I'm gonna do this and walk with Jesus. That is wisdom. Now, I'll say this. I want to just speak something over you guys. Another sermon for another day, but I'm going to say it today in, in short form. Sometimes we allow ourselves to believe lies and excuses. We say, oh, yes, I know that I have this sin in my life. I know I shouldn't have it. Oh, but it's really hard to break the habit. God understands. I just can't. This is all I'll ever be. I'll never stop doing this, right? I'll, I'll never change Listen to me. I understand it's hard to break habits. I get it. I understand that the enemy puts us in strongholds. I get it. Or maybe we put ourselves there. Let it just be known today. I want to speak something out to you. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. 
You have the Holy Spirit, and greater is he living in you than he who was in the world. You've got to believe that the Holy Spirit living in you is greater than that habit that you struggle with. It's greater than your addiction. It's greater than the lies. It's greater than the stronghold. Let it be known. Yes, it'll be a struggle. You'll wrestle with it. That's part of why we have each other to lean on and the Lord to lean on. But I'm, I am tired of hearing excuses. I'm tired of making excuses. Well, I would stop, but it's too hard. You have the Holy Spirit. Trust in the Lord. He will help you in this. It is possible for you to repent. Quit believing the enemy when he says it's not. You repent of your sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you get wisdom. All right, I'm done yelling at you. I got one more thing. (coughs) I got one more. You want godly wisdom in your life? Fifth one is very simple. You ask God for it. You ask. James 1, 5, great verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. You know what that means? God wants you to have godly wisdom in your life. If if you make it your business to say, God, I want this wisdom. I want this wisdom from you that will help me live the life that you have for me better. God isn't gonna say, it's not really my will for you, sorry. Right, this side of the room will have it, but these Christians over here, no, no, no. He gives generously to all. That's awesome. God will answer this prayer. I don't know what God's will for you is in all the little areas of your life, but I know God's will for you is he wants you to be wise in every season, every moment, every day. So we gotta ask God. I always think it's one of the biggest fails. I don't wanna stand before the Lord and he say, well, I'd have given you that thing, Braden. You just didn't ask for it. Fail. It's like the easiest thing to do. Ask him. He loves you. He knows your heart. He wants to give you wisdom. Well, let's ask him. Make sense? Simple, simple. Let's wrap this up. You want to get wisdom in your life. You've got to fear God, walk in the fear of the Lord. You've got to actively trust him over yourself. You've got to involve him in your whole life. You've got to repent in your sin, of your sin, and you've got to be asking him for it. In other words, you pursue wisdom. Man, you go after it. If you're sitting here just waiting for it to fall into your lap, maybe it will. It probably won't chase after it. Here's the language. And I just pulled a bunch of verses together here in Proverbs. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to wisdom. Call out for wisdom. Seek wisdom like silver. Bind wisdom on your heart always. Tie wisdom around your neck because it is life to those who find it. It is worth pursuing, friends. It makes a difference. It matters. And in the coming weeks, like I said, we're going to explore all these different areas of life and what God has to say about wisdom in those. But for today, let it be known. I'll close with this. If you make it your business to seek wisdom in your life, ultimately what you're doing is you're seeking after God. That's where it comes from. To pursue wisdom is to pursue Jesus. You're not going to find it any other way. And as you pursue Jesus and as you lay your heart out before him like this, he's gonna give it to you, which is awesome. And you know what's cool after all that? Like Jesus is the prize in all of this anyway. It's not just to be wise for the sake of being wise. It's to get close to him so we can be wise, so we can be even closer to him. He is the prize.